1: You like that. You like this question, Susie. I know, it's I heard it. it's too. <laughs> I heard it.
2: What? <laughs> I mean, so, I heard the question. Yeah, no, it's good. You. It's fine. I asked you what the response was. It's been pretty good. All right.
1: It's too cold to blank, fill in the blank. This is sort of a match game kind of. Mm -hmm. If Dan were, like, really on it. Do you even know what the match game is, Dan? Do you know what this is? Mm -hmm. You do know I'm, like, slightly older than you, right? I So, yes, I'm aware of what the match game is. Well, the match game was before all of our times, I think. Who
2: hosted the match game? The gray-haired guy? Yeah, that one guy.
1: Gene Rayburn Mm -hmm. was the original Mm -hmm. host.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, that was kind of like the uh wedding the honeymooners remember when the newlywed game
1: the newlywed game that yeah. was fun yeah
2: so people are saying so what i was
1: saying is dan should play the play the song could you turn on my computer cook has left the he's up,
2: off he knows taking a
1: nap in the corner no
2: he knows we blather on and he takes just a minute to rest his
1: that's the original match game uh theme song from 19 uh Sixty four, I mm. think. Did you enjoy that, Dan? Was that worth it, you think?
2: Worth getting up?
1: <laughs> you don't think so? You're not saying that what that was not worth it, is what you're saying.
3: No, I just I mean in terms of you know like how, how your about, comment about being on it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Wait, wait, you oh know, wait, wait, hurt its feelings. Wait. How about No, no, no. I mean,
1: this is
3: the da, 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 da.
1: It's so cold. Do you, do you know? Do you guys know this joke construct? How cold there. is it? <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to my kids where, like, they just have no idea what these references are about. I guarantee you there's somebody on 35W headed southbound who just yelled out.
3: How cold is it?
1: Well, it's so cold. <laughs> you can't even blank. You know, there you go. Yeah. Match game, Gene Rayburn, mm-hmm. great host. Super. He was a radio guy before he became a game show host. Okay. And that uh, is my plan as well. I'm using... <laughs> <laughs> what? Why are we laughing?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I guess I could see you hosting a game show.
1: <laughs> yeah. that's. This is just... It, I'm just kind of keeping, keeping the kinda, seat warm.
2: You're kind of full of piss and vinegar. That's Am what say. I? Yeah. Piss. Generally
1: speaking or today more I than...
2: I don't know. I can't tell. Yeah. It's so cold in this building that I feel How
1: like... How cold is it?
2: So cold <laughs> that our company in bankruptcy forgot to, can't <laughs> afford to pay the heating bill. I was not going to say that on the air because I didn't want to be like... It's fine. ...get called into it's the office fine. and say, don't badmouth the company.
1: You know, have they ever called you in for that? No one's ever said that to me. No it's kind of ever... interesting. Like back over at TV, if you... you... Oof, not appreciate it. On the air, yeah. Here, no, they don't seem to mind.
2: Yeah, you listen to Chad. He's, woo. Chad loves them.
1: Chad, Chad goes way harder than mm. I do. I'm still like, I'm sort of a scared Gen Xer. You know, like you don't, you don't tell the company that they suck. Well, but it's kind of fun, like to rip on the corporate, because those guys, what are they, they? Don't know what we're doing. Where are
2: they? They're in Jersey or Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now yeah.
1: we have a new boss here uh, uh, today. I read. Who? Not like locally. Who? But there's like a new poobah in charge of our market.
2: I get, did not know that.
1: Yeah. You guys got to read the trades. We That's what I tra- do. I am <laughs> I
2: don't read the trades. <laughs>
1: it's so cold this morning I saw a dog stuck to a fire hydrant.
2: Uh-ha! That's pretty good. I think so.
1: Too cold to pee on a tree.
2: I was going to say too cold to pee outside.
1: Yeah. A yep. couple people texted with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is good. Too cold to blank. More like too cold to bleep. Uh, that goes to your answer that you were giving
2: in the break. I was. I was talking about that activity, and it would not be fun to do outside. No. No. Maybe unless you were, like, burrowed in, like, ten sleeping bags in a tent mm. in northern Minnesota. But then, still, you'd, you'd have to get out of the do sleeping you, bag.
1: I'm just. I'm taking a moment to decide if I want to go down this road. But oh, when you, you
2: don't have to. We well, can what talk I, about the No, group.
1: what I'm curious about... It, like I'm not a uh, tent camper.
2: You're not. No. That surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's shocking when you. I, know. I mean, of the things you think about me, bougie, and outdoor tent camper for sure. No. No. Mm-mm. Um, it's so my wife and I did tent camp when we were in college.
2: How'd that go? <laughs>
1: so we were dating. We have a, a very funny photo of us at, like, the like the Yogi Berra camp down at, <laughs> campground, like, in the Wisconsin Dells uh-huh. or whatever that is, and I had never uh, pitched a tent before, and certainly Alyssa, who went to Wayzata High School, you think I'm bougie. Right. Please. Yeah. Like, for her, roughing it is like a four-star hotel instead of a five.
2: Okay. You know? um, Did you meet her here? What we met know? in college.
1: We both went to Marquette University. She was uh, nineteen. I was twenty.
2: Wow, that's great! So and you're still married.
1: Well, have you heard something?
2: No, no. I'm just oh, saying.
1: I, I think know? we're still married. Yeah, you yeah. better call her <laughs> after this show. Honestly, some of the things I say about her, I'm. You get home and I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> like I, if, she, if she was listening, and sometimes she's listening. Sometimes not.
2: And sometimes other people call her and say, did you hear what Jason said about you today right. on the radio? And she's right. like, does she ever say to you, dude, don't talk about me on the mm. radio?
1: She knows what she's gotten into mm. in a life. Mm. like I, There's never really, mm, that'll be a good topic for dinner tonight. Like, Honey, are there off-limit? Like, I texted her the other day a sex-related question.
2: Get out of town.
1: Yeah, and she was like, were you doing a segment on this? Yeah, like,
2: why do you care? What are you doing, right. you looney tune?
1: There's about a uh, wedding night. Oh. Because, you know, wedding night, there's sort of a...
2: Uh... Expectation.
1: Right. But both Chad and uh, Dave Harrigan were saying wedding night, no.
2: Probably because you're exhausted. They were. I mean, at the end of the night,
1: they were. Was I
2: exhausted?
1: Absolutely not. You are uh, something else. Legendary. It was a legendary my, night.
2: My daughter, over the years, because I've been in the business for as long as my children have been alive. Yeah. So in their teenage years, they would say to me, Mom, not one word. We are mm. not fodder for your show. Yeah. We don't want to hear. Because what happened is the secretary at the high school would hear what I'm saying. Right. And they would say, Josie, your mom said that you guys had a party. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. My kids, uh, my kids have experienced that, right? Like back, especially when I was anchoring in the morning news where sure. teachers or uh, faculty would watch the news before they would go to work mm-hmm. and then the kids would hear about whatever I said. And I feel like, I guess we should ask the kids, but I feel like they have mixed feelings about it. Like they don't like it. But then when I went a while, like, so I stopped talking about them. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, how come you uh, never? uh,
2: (laughs) There's a bit of (laughs) fame. There's a bit of fame involved. Little celebrity.
1: Yeah, I think they just, just like your kids, they grew up with it. Yeah. And so. No big deal. It's not that big of a deal. Right, right. I try to. You know, keep them grounded. There are boundaries, though. Yeah. Like they are, th- but they we've never really had a conversation. This will be good. I'll talk about this with the sixteen-year-old. Like, perfect. where's where's the boundary?
2: Perfect. My daughter said once publicly, we were somewhere at some event, and I think they were seven or eight. And Josie said, "My mom works for WCCO Radio. We don't pay for anything." <laughs> <laughs> I was like wow. Josie, stop it, because right. I think I had had flooring done because I had an endorsement deal. At the time, and, yeah, yeah. I am like, that sounds yeah. horrible.
1: It Does yeah, it's uh,
2: well. I mean, you go to Disney on Ice, you get yeah, invited you get this, tickets, lot of of America holiday party. Yeah, we did a lot.
1: Yeah, it it, it is like we, we do talk about that with the kids. We're like the negative is. Mm-hmm. You know, some of your laundry is aired. (laughs) Sometimes your foibles are fodder for content. Uh, And the positive is, like, you do get access to things. And the same is true, like... If your parents are like the director of sales at some agency, like sure. you probably get tickets, you get experience swag. But most people like I don't know how you grew up, but like my dad worked for a printing company, like the only swag we got was like <laughs> leftover Sarah Lee and General Mills boxes. Like that there that company was printing. Like there wasn't a lot of <laughs> like, whoa, look at this cool stuff. Like, no, we didn't get that. That's no. just not how we grew up. And that's how most people grow up. But, but there are certain people that it's different.
2: That's right. That's right. Well, it has been this job, this profession broadcasting mm. has been good to me. I will say that. As yeah. A, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I started in 19— It's so fun, right? It is fun. It can be terrifying. In 1988 is when I started in La Crosse, Wisconsin. But remember when you and I bumped into each other at the bridge, when the bridge I collapsed? Yeah, yeah, I do remember. I mean, that was an intense day. Oh and my sometimes gosh. this job
1: yeah.
2: um, pushes you to extremes that you didn't anticipate ever ha- having to find yeah. yourself in. Would you say that?
1: That day— um, haunted me Mm. and today I think I have the ability to look back and understand what was happening to me but in the moment I didn't and in the months after I didn't and we didn't look at reporters as like a like a a first responder Mm. because you look at the firefighters who were down there like literally pulling people out of the water and we would look at ourselves and say like well I was just reporting on it like I you know I did nothing like those guys and yet uh, just about every day for, I don't know, my wife w- would remember more than me, but just about every day for two months at least, mm. uh, I would stop down there on my way to work. And yeah. I just felt like I needed to reconnect with, uh, that physical location. Yeah. My wife was pregnant at the time. Oh. Like eight months months pregnant Mm -hmm. i hauled her down there like you gotta see this (laughs) and i look back i like she's so nice to put up with this nonsense but like at the time you're like you're hauling this pregnant lady down to this site but i at the time i really believed and i still believe that uh every minnesotan who was around at that time should have seen what happened there just so you, so it sears in your mind, mm. so we never allow that ha- to happen again.
2: Right, right.
1: But yeah, like today, I would have been in therapy. Right, like today, we would have understood that. A sure, little better, that, but
2: yeah, not then. But, well, yeah, because yeah. we
1: got there early enough that we so saw. early, yeah, yeah. It was just so early.
2: And it was so uh, all-encompassing and, commu- and, like, strangers and everybody was, like, on the same team, you know?
1: It was amazing. Ugh. And then you think about in those early moments when we were there and it was just a couple of news cars and yes. then you had the law enforcement coming behind. Mm-hmm. And then I remember at 10 o'clock doing the report for the 10 o'clock news where they had moved us back and back and back. And you look and there was, like, a whole city out there mm-hmm. of Emergency vehicles and
2: from all look, over the state.
1: It was unbelievable. Yeah, but you think like just over a period of a couple hours, like how that responds. Like Oof. I don't know. You feel like you can remember every moment. I
2: do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I hope I hope this wasn't too boring for people. No, I hope but, not <laughs> either.
2: Because I mean, it, it, to us, it's it's a part of who we are. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But, yeah it's, you have <laughs>
1: those moments, right? You we have the great times as well, but like that's part of the. I, you don't want to say fun. But your most important days on the job are often someone else's worst.
2: Yeah, that's uh, true. But
1: you just try to, you want to be a, a calm hand to kind of guide the community through it. That's yeah, yeah.
2: all. Don't want to freak them out.
1: Yeah, we tried.
2: <laughs> we tried not to freak them out. Right. Sometimes right. we do.
1: Now what we try to do, just freak you out. Right. By talking about tents and what it's too cold to do. <laughs>
2: Oh, well, nice to visit with you. Very good. I want to tell you, Laura Oaks, God bless her, will be back tomorrow, God willing. Are we
1: sure? Like one week off, Key West, maybe she's like done with
2: us. I don't know. She took a beautiful picture of a hotel that she just posted, and I think it was Miami, which means she's getting closer.
1: Getting closer. closer. Boy, what a rude awakening from Key West to Miami and then back here tomorrow. We'll try to go easy on her. All right. Thanks, Susie. This was fun. Thanks. 523 D Rush Hour news headlines coming your way in just a minute. Amazing story of the state patrol with a life-saving escort. New technology that might cut down on police chases. And fun with Hulk Hogan. All coming up here on D Rush Hour news headlines on CCL. Let's start with a D-rush hour story that's going to warm your heart, the state Patrol with a life-saving escort, a heart to be transplanted. In October, it was John Newenschwander lives in Fargo. Now he lives in Fargo, but he was taken to a Mayo operating room to receive a heart that was being delivered to Rochester for a hospital in the Twin Cities. His heart had been failing for years. he was running out of time. As Boyd Hooper's voice at CARE 11, telling the story of the donor heart suddenly available. But John's surgeon was worried because you, any of you who have driven between the Twin Cities and Rochester. You remember that traffic on Highway 52 has been so slow, even stopping because of construction. That is the exact route that the new heart was going to have to travel. Such a great story of the ingenuity of that surgeon at Mayo and the state patrol who took the call and said, yep, we are going to escort that heart. Great story Uh, from Boyd. I hate police chases. I hate police chases. I really do. The risk, I think, is so high. But if you don't chase, the fear is that you let people know that they can get away with running. That is why this Mary Devine story in the Pioneer Press talking about GPS trackers that cops can shoot out of their squad at a car that they are chasing is so cool. Ramsey County Sheriff's Office investigators track that GPS instead of a deputy. It's a Virginia Beach, Virginia company called Star Chase that creates this tracker slash pneumatic launcher. The Ramsey County Sheriff's Office started using it in spring 2022. And they uh, got a grant uh, to help fund the technology. So, basically, it's a compressed air-powered launcher. So, it's either on the push bumper of a squad car or behind the grill of an unmarked squad. And they have two tracking devices. They're about the size of a soda can. Officer fires it. There's, like, a laser that assists. Uh, and then... Off it goes. It's pretty genius. Now, the technology is still not where it's going to be, right? The devices are part magnet, part adhesive. The downside is you have to be within 20 feet of the vehicle you're pursuing to make that connection. And Minnesota law right now only allows it for stolen cars. Uh, there is a move in Woodbury, Maplewood, Ramsey County to try to let this technology be used for any sort of chase Workplace mental health uh, programs, those mental health programs that your HR person tells you you got a bunch of available to you, do they help? No. No. I mean, they don't hurt, but they, I mean, is anyone surprised? New York Times reporting, the only people who love this are executives who want to think they're doing something to make the workplace a more friendly place for you to work. Uh, this researcher in England analyzed survey responses from forty-six thousand plus workers. People who took part in mental health programs were no better off than colleagues who did not. One thing helps: being given the opportunity to do charity or volunteer work that does seem to improve well-being. But these are all the you know mindfulness seminars, digital wellness solutions, massage classes, resilience workshops, coaching sessions, sleep apps. It's a billion dollar industry. A lot of people are making money. But the researcher said, if you're an employer worried about worker mental health, maybe you should work a little more to pay attention to, I don't know, pay. Work schedule. Performance reviews. Like if you want people (laughs) if you want employees to have a better well-being, then maybe make your workplace a little less hellish. If you are going to be in a car crash, I hope you've said your prayers and you took your vitamins. Wrestling legend Hulk Hogan came to the aid of a teenage girl following a car crash. The Hulkster is 70, driving down the freeway in Clearwater, Florida with his wife and a friend named Jake when they witnessed this accident. Somebody almost missed an exit and swerved across a bunch of lanes, crashed into another vehicle. The car that was hit flipped and tumbled. The Hulkster pulled over, along with his friend Jake, the snake, I assume. They got her out of the vehicle, popped the airbag. The driver was shaken up, but TMZ reported she appeared to be okay. Beautiful. Hulk Hogan, can you imagine? You come, to, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> And he, and he and he yells one of these phrases out at you. You know, you're 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 just trying to survive from this terrible. Cr- you're gonna be okay. <laughs> That's the Dear Rush Hour news headlines, powered uh, by Hulk Hogan <laughs> and Dan in my childhood. It's five thirty-five. Traffic, traffic and weather coming up next. He's mad that he's not getting enough attention. And I think he's right. I think he's right. And my gut on this was stop whining, Congressman Dean Phillips. You're a blip on the radar. You have to earn the right to have the national attention. But the more I thought about it, the more I have come to believe that Dean Phillips is the perfect example of how our election system on a national level is so broken, it is so difficult for someone without a big name, without a big budget, to break through. 651-461-9226. Do you think the media obsesses on the big names? Are we screwing over the little guy? And you look at What happened in Iowa last night? Nikki Haley. Pretty big name. Ron DeSantis. Big name. Florida governor. Tons of attention. Tons of money. Asa Hutchinson. Nobody paid attention. Vivek Ramaswamy. He was able to get some attention. Now, part of why I think Vivek got attention, though, is because they're running against Donald Trump. And let's be honest about the national media. I think they go out of their way to find people to present the anti-Trump. Not that Vivek was anti-Trump, really. But the idea that there's some other candidate who's going to win besides Trump is appealing to national political reporters who like a horse race. So why on the other side is there no interest in trying to have a race against Joe Biden? I think I think that Dean Phillips is right. He is now now I'm not saying that Dean Phillips is going to get a lot of votes or he has a a, a lot of a, a chance here. But since he declared on October 27th, he said he's never been on MSNBC, which that is certainly interesting, right? MSNBC is the network that tends to uh, cover Democrats more, tends to be more left-leaning. He's never been on the big Sunday show. CNN has had him, but he hasn't been given the town hall that Chris Christie God, or Vivek Ramaswamy got a town hall on CNN. Dean Phillips, I think, has a point, And it does go to the fact that our entire system, it is rigged against someone who is only bringing ideas and not bringing a big name. Let's talk to Dave in Minneapolis. He's on the CCO Talk and Text Line. 651 651- Four six one nine two two six. Dave, thanks for calling. What do you think?
3: Well, you know, I have my own opinion of uh, Mr. Phillips, and it stems from me listening to NPR, I don't know, three months ago, and this very intelligent, acerbic person that really understood what he was talking about was talking, and I'm like, God, this guy, he's all right. He knows what he's doing. He's well-spoken. He's intelligent. He knows the facts. And I was, I was surprised to see it was Dean Phillips. So that's been my first real huh. interaction with
1: him. Interesting.
3: As for the current, yeah. right? I'm an educator. I mean, as a current, as a current subject, uh, Dean Dean scares the sin of the Democrats because any vote away from Biden is a vote for you know who. Yeah. I mean, that could yeah. Be pretty, so yeah. I think this is a special circumstance, sir. Although I do concur with your major point but not
1: at this election as it relates to Dean Phillips. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that, Dave. There goes, Dave, you're welcome in at six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six. I do think the fact that Dean Phillips is challenging an incumbent president as part of it, you know, that Biden's team, as they talk to bookers at the big network, they're like, Hey, Dean Phillips is not nothing. You know they're, like, trying oh, to sure. dissuade the Face the Nations and the Meet the Presses of having on Dean Phillips. But Dean Fi- Dean's point is, like, why am I be- being treated like I'm a kook? Like, I'm a sitting, multiple-time elected member of the House of Representatives, and I'm not getting uh, a chance to break through on the national— it- I can see people would say, like, well, Dean, like, you got nothing going. Like, it's a total long shot. Like- well,
3: and how's he supposed to have anything going right. if he correct. doesn't have access to, to get the message out to people? I, I think, you know, I think what Dave said is true in that that's how the Democrats are looking at it. That all, any vote against Biden is, you know, just is going to help Donald Trump. But that's not how the system is supposed to work in a primary. Yeah. Right? This is just a matter of a contest between the president. And Dean Phillips, and who has the better ideas and who's better positioned to lead the Democratic Party into this election? There's no law anywhere. There's not even a rule that you can't challenge an incumbent. It's just sort of a wink, nod, understood thing that you're not supposed to. And don't think for a second the Democratic Party hasn't gone way out of its way. You think it was an accident the Federal Election Commission came after Dean? Come on. Democrats have gone way out of their way to try and marginalize him and make him a pariah. And it's sad because, you know what? Dean's right. He's right to say, we need a different candidate or we're going to lose this election to Donald Trump. He's right, and nobody's listening, and that's scary. I think that
1: our media ecosystem has changed, right? MSNBC is for the lefties. Fox News is for the righties. That's sort of how this goes. So you could be excused for thinking... That, all right, if I, Jason to Russia, am running MSNBC, I would take a look at, like, hey, we want to be useful to our left-leaning audience. So the best way to be useful would be, like, a good airing of, of ideas between Dean Phillips and Biden. And in fa- instead, what you're getting is the opposite of that. The opposite of that. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Jan's in a car. Jan, do you think Dean Phillips is right? Is is he uh, being unfairly blacklisted, or should he not get any coverage because he's sort of a non-factor at this point?
2: I agree with Mr. Phillips. He should be allowed on the ballot. Let the voters decide who's going to be our president, not some uh, other party. We're the ones. I, isn't this what it's all about? Elections. We yeah. decide who's yeah. going to get elected or not.
0: For even, sure. Even with yeah.
2: Even with Trump, you know let, well, if keep them off the ballot. I mean, what's that about? Let the voters decide. If, if we don't want them, we won't vote for them, and if we do, we will.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
2: who's going to replace Biden? If he, you know, until Phillips, at least get him some exposure. He is a smart cookie. I like him, and I don't know about. Um, Robert Kennedy—that's
0: the other one. He can't seem to get any
1: ground because he's against Biden also. So, yeah, Jan, thank you. It—it it is, you know, I think Kennedy got a little more attention with his name, and he's now with his
3: name and with some of the goofball policy positions he holds. Well, he's run He's not running in the Democratic primary correct. anymore. He's running as an independent candidate. So, I, I it's think something of a different deal.
1: We—we we sort of have this idea that like. What the media wants is conflict, right? But why aren't they engaging and allowing, like, Phillips to have conflict with Biden? Because that's not really how it works. The media wants conflict where, like, their their anchor or host looks like a know-it-all and the guest looks like a dummy. And so that's not really what they're seeking. 550, back in just a minute on CCO. Podcast, lots of good stuff, especially in our three o'clock hour. Chris Saliza with some takeaways from the Iowa Trump thumping as former President Donald Trump thumped the competition. Plus, Pat Garofalo announced he was retiring. Very emotional moment as we played a little bit of what former Governor Tim Pawlenty said to Google, uh, Minnesota State Rep. Pat Garofalo from Farmington. So check that out wherever you get podcasts. Just search Drive Time go to Russia. We really appreciate it when you listen to the podcast and uh, a lot of people like to work out with it the next morning. The dumber things that I say, the faster it makes you run on the treadmill. That's science. So if you want to reach your fitness goals, the best way to do it is getting mad at me and the podcast.